0: Welcome to the MomCube podcast, where we provide you with the godly intelligence and biblical resources to find peace, hope, and joy on your motherhood journey. I'm Candace Nasser, the founder of MomCube, a community of moms building healthy families. I hope you will be inspired and encouraged as we talk to moms of all ages about how God is using their unique gifts and calling to build His kingdom. Hello everyone. Today we have Sam Conda on the show. Sam is a former leader with MomQ and an absolutely beautiful woman of God. She always has a smile on her face, and an encouraging word to share with everyone around her. She's just one of those people that when she speaks, you pay attention because you know it's going to be words of gold. Sam grew up in India where her father was a Christian pastor. So you can imagine how rare that was and the challenges involved with being a Christian pastor's kid in a predominantly Hindu country. But God was always with Sam, as he is with us, and she allowed him to mature her faith through those circumstances and prepare her for a new call that he has on her life. She's going to share some of that with you today. And I know you're going to be amazed and inspired by her trust in our all-powerful, sovereign God. So welcome, Sam. Hey, Candace. Thank you so much for
1: having me. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here because Q has been such a blessing in my life. You know that our family moved um, two years ago to Austin, and I remember the day I was at this coffee social at... um, Hill Country Church in Steiner. I did not know anybody. I was sitting there uh, kind of feeling alone, even though I was surrounded by a bunch of ladies. And you walked up to me and you said, there's this real moms group that's starting that fall. Um, Actually, I think it was just a couple of weeks down from when we first met. So you invited me and I came the first week and I didn't stop coming for the (laughs) next like, two years straight, I did not want to miss a day. It was such a blessing. I had a great mentor mom. The ladies in my group were so supportive. They're, um, whatever they shared, they shared um, very transparently and they were real. So the word real moms was like true to what the group was and the gathering was. So thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and a privilege.
0: Well, we're so glad to have you, and yeah, it's funny to remember that the first uh, we first named this real moms, this ministry mm-hmm. um and then we realized that uh, we wanted to kind of emphasize the godly intelligence that we were providing for moms, and so we changed the name mm-hmm. to Mom Q and uh, really, really happy with that name. but yes, you were right. incredibly faithful and um a leader with us all the last year and, uh, but now God has called you onto something new and I, we yeah. miss you terribly, yeah. but, um, yeah. thank you for sharing how, uh, mom Q has blessed your life. Um, that's exactly what we're about. And, um, so how, let's tell, tell us, tell our listeners, how is your fall been going? You had a pretty major change in the last couple mm-hmm. months. So how about you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So fall is such a beautiful season and I'm personally going through a beautiful season in my life. Um, I love fall, not because it uh, it has a lot of pumpkin uh, spice lattes, um, but because (laughs) God has given me my own little pumpkin. I uh, have a seven week old. We just had a baby in our family. And this is a total surprise blessing from the Lord. I have two teenage boys and this has been just beautiful um, and kind of incredible to wrap my mind around just how amazing God works. Like if I had to plan my life, it wouldn't be this way. But because my life is in God's hands, I'm just seeing and experiencing how higher his thoughts are than mine. So this is just um, enjoying this beautiful season of having this newborn in our family.
0: That's so great. Yeah, I know um, it was quite the surprise. You're going to share some of that mm-hmm. with us. But um, yeah, it's, it's really neat to see how you've embraced the Lord's blessing. So I love that. And mm-hmm. she's absolutely beautiful.
1: Oh, thank so, you. Uh,
0: so you said you have two teenage boys. Um, mm-hmm. How long have you been married?
1: Uh, we've been married for 18 years now. And yeah, we moved to Austin two years ago. But before that, we lived in San Jose for um, 16 years. My husband was there longer. Um, yeah. Okay.
0: So um, was that how, When did you move to the U.S. when you moved to San Jose?
1: Yes. I moved to the U.S. in 2005. Like I said, my husband was here longer. He was working for Hewlett Packard um, he's been working for that company for 20 years now.
0: Wow. That's great. Okay. So San Jose to Austin, um, actually becoming a pretty frequented path for lots of people. Um, and we're so glad that you came here and, um, that we've gotten to know you absolutely thrilled. So in the past year, uh, God has called you and your husband, to plant a church through Hill Country Bible Church in Austin, how did how did tell us how that came about?
1: Yeah, so just to kind of step back and give you a um, a big picture, my husband um, comes from a Hindu family, while I come from a pastor's home. His brought up was completely different. He's from a very devout Hindu family, and he did not even though he did go to a christian school because christian schools were strong in academics his parents did send him to christian school but he really didn't hear the gospel there it was during his engineering years that um his friend shared the gospel with him so i think it took him a couple of years to be completely convinced and convicted um that jesus is the one true god he struggled with um You know, he used to go to Hindu temples, stand in front of the idols and ask, are you the true God? If you are, Mm. why don't you speak to me? Mm. But then when he would go back to his dorm room uh, in engineering and he would open his Bible, his friend gave him a Bible and he would read. He would feel God's presence, like his manifest presence in his room and God would speak to him through his scriptures. And I have to give it to his friend because they know my husband would go back to him with all kinds of questions when he read the Bible. And his friend couldn't answer all his questions, but he was really authentic with him. He said, I can't answer all your questions, but why don't you spend time in prayer? And God would reveal things to you as you seek him. So he didn't, uh, he didn't attempt to answer every question my husband had. But he was just real with him and just continued to show love. And that happened for two years. Um, And that's when my husband finally like, completely surrendered and accepted the Lord Jesus. So he comes from a Hindu background. And ever since we were married, he would always say, Oh, I wish I could go back, go to the seminary and learn more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. He really loved the scriptures. He spent a lot of time, but... He loved structured studies. So in 2017, he finally, um, you know, took the decision and joined Dallas Theological Seminary. He's still doing it because he's a full-time employee at HP and dad at home. So he's taking one course at a time. But when we came to Austin, um, the Lord moved people in such a way, it's just beyond our imagination that things would fall in place the way they did, because it's only God. When he first started DTS, it was just for him to learn and grow in the Lord. But Lord used that, um, you know, his education there to connect people when he came here. And uh, when we first moved, we were going personally going through a very difficult time it was um a health issue with one of our kids and so being in ministry serving this was not on the top of our mind we just were so broken hearted regarding this and we decided to do a 40 um 40 day prayer and fasting
0: mm. so at the
1: at the end of the 40 days of prayer and fasting it was like a month after we moved um uh, and we were spending time on the last day. He gets an email from Pastor Eric crickmore from Hill Country uh, asking to meet him. And then um, Venu ends up meeting with him for the whole year for fully formed follower. And that's when they asked. There are so many Indians moving to Austin. Would you be interested in planting a church? Would Would you be interested in mentorship? And and so it was totally from the Lord, even though. We did serve in our local church all the years we were there. Um, when we came here, the Lord just moved
0: things. That's what he does. That That's such an incredible story because um, a lot of times we don't know, we don't see it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's right there in front of us. And I just, I love that story, how God was preparing him for that and, um, and brought about the circumstances. So, so good. And I, and yeah, and I knew he was at DTS and what is he, is he getting a master's in biblical studies or what is he getting? Um,
1: master's in Christian leadership.
0: Christian leadership. That makes sense mm-hmm. to plant a church. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I know you guys have been going through quite a bit of preparation for that. And so, um, looking back, can you see how God prepared you for such a time as this? You know, I think about uh, Esther and when she was all that God worked providentially behind the scenes to bring about when she was in that season to um, advocate for her people, and God worked through that. Um, And she, you know, she didn't know all the details that would happen to lead her to that point, but to be the queen as a Jew and all the things. And I, and I honestly think about you and how, you know, being born in India and all that you went through and, and then coming here and God calling you to lead this church for Indians. um, I just love it. So can you share how God has prepared you along the way? Some things that you can remember, like maybe in India or, um, your parents' influence?
1: Mm-hmm. So the Bible says that God has designed who we are and what we should be before the foundations of the of the earth, right? So God put me in a family that prepared me for this. My dad was a church planter. He planted seven churches in the city um, that I grew up. Um, And I'm, so grateful, I'm so grateful for um, the influence that... Um, kind of provided for me because it gave me a front row seat to see um, things that wouldn't have been possible if I was growing up somewhere else or in some other home Um, because my parents were in full-time ministry uh, and this church that my dad planted, this was the first church when I was growing up. It was uh, in a very, I should call probably a slum area. Um, Mm. So, it was not an affluent neighborhood. People had um, bondages, demon position, you know, things that you normally wouldn't see in um, a Western culture or, you know, even in affluent neighborhoods, you know, things present themselves in different ways, but in that neighborhood, it was a different story. And it just gave me a front row seat to the power of God. Um, I remember one time, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade, Um, at 10 o'clock, there was this knock on the door. um, And when my parents opened the door, it was my mom's colleague. My mom worked as a teacher in a local school. And it was my mom's colleague. She was with her son standing at the door. And she had this great big, like almost a hundred pound rice bag. And she said, I was getting ready to go to bed, but I couldn't sleep. I had to bring this and give this to you. And after she left, uh, and she, she didn't even live close by, you know, she had to take what's called an auto rickshaw. It's kind of like an old time Uber. Um, mm. So she had to get that, you know, haul this thing with the help of her son into that and bring it to us. And after she left, my parents sat me and my brother down and they said, you know, tomorrow comes, we don't have a grain of rice in the house. And this is God's provision. and rice is not like one of those things in the grocery list here in India, especially in South India, rice is like your main thing. Like if you don't have rice, you're starving. Mm. So the Lord, and I can tell you many, many stories like this, of wow. how God provided, you know, the, the, uh, verse, give us this day, our daily bread. That prayer was like so real in our life growing up. Even the first car that we, um, bought was, a gift my dad um was praying he's been praying for a long time and i remember i was just about to go to school and the phone rang and there was this man on the other side that we didn't even know he said the lord wanted me to uh, call you and tell you that um he basically wanted to gift us a car mm-hmm. and so that that's how um you know, God allowed us to experience things that wouldn't have been possible if I was growing up in somebody else's house. So the Lord prepared me for this. Seeing, you know, I saw the difficulties of um, being a pastor's um, kid.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: people judging. There are um, expectations placed on us. There's financial difficulties, but at the same time, you see this amazing work of God, not only in our lives personally, but also in the lives of the church members, you know, how um, they are being healed, how they are being set free, how their families are being transformed. So it just gave me an opportunity, not just head knowledge of knowing about God, but just experientially knowing who he is. And so that's how my faith was
0: built. I I love that so much. And, you know, that Seeing those types of miracles, honestly, mm-hmm. right? Um, you you know that God is with you and is going to take you through whatever you're uh, going to face in the future. And I love I love how you said the knowledge, the head knowledge and the experiential, because we need both. You know, we mm-hmm. need to know the scriptures, absolutely, and study the scriptures and have that foundation and continue to meditate on the scriptures, but also to... Have that experience of knowing God is doing things. He's providentially moving. He's placing, he's bringing someone with rice to your door when you had no idea how you were going to eat the next day um, and taking care of his people. It's just so powerful. So I'm so glad that, yes, and that, and knowing that. I just have such an excitement for this church that you're planting and knowing what God is going to do and go before you. And um, I just can't wait to hear more about how it goes. And you're starting when? Um, so the date is not set yet. It's uh,
1: probably going to be the first week of January. We're okay. we still um, looking for a location. So yeah. Okay. In, in right. a couple of months soon.
0: Very good. I'm going to have to come visit for sure. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: So yes. And, and you, as as you said, you've seen your father and your, your mother plant churches um, and it's, it's hard. It's really hard to plant a church and you guys are going to need, you and Venu are going to need to be united in purpose and commitment. And, um, and now you have the challenges of a new baby. Um, So share with us some lessons that you've shared about your upbringing um, but I know the story of how you and Venu came together and got married, and I find that um, incredibly inspiring. So can you share how that, how the lessons you've learned in your marriage to prepare you for this time?
1: Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, church planting is definitely um, very, very hard because, um, you know, I, I k- kind of remember this time I was in the parking lot of HEB. And that day was Bible study. And I had no idea of how many people were going to come. But still, I have to cook for, you know, the evening for the Bible study. And I was like, I was pregnant, I think, seven months or something. I was hormonally up and down. <laughs> but I was sitting there and crying. I'm like, Lord, if people can tell me if they're coming or not, then I'll have the number to go grocery shopping and cook but I don't know how many people are gonna come, but I have to trust you that people will come. So there's just unpredictability, there's discouragement, but I have to go back and remember, my parents went through this. We've gone through this when I was growing up and just draw strength from it. But also, you know, when I look back of the way the Lord brought my husband and I together, um, was kind of unusual even for, an Indian setting. Ours is an arranged marriage. And arranged marriages are pretty common in India. But the way ours was arranged is kind of falls into that unusual Indian arranged marriage basket because we never like saw each other until, you know, the cards were printed and they were distributed to some 3,000 people who were going to come. So everything was set even before we met or saw each other. So that's kind of um, unusual, even for Indian setting. The way we, um, you know, the the one thing that kind of is very common between the two of us, the way we stepped into the marriage was we feared the Lord and we wanted to honor him. And it's the story from both sides. Um, I was 24 years old and my parents were kind of looking for the suitable um, boys. And this proposal came from a common friend. It's actually my um, relative and a friend of Vainu. And so his parents came to see me. Um, Venu was still in the US, his parents came to see me. And right in the middle of their visit, my dad went into the room, he quietly prayed, and he came out and he said, yes, I'm gonna give my one and only daughter to your son who... <laughs> he mm. never met or talked to um you know i was sitting there when he said yes to them i was like oh my gosh this is really happening and i remember that feeling of is this the right thing you know i did trust my parents and they made pretty much all the decisions for me at until that point and this is not unusual in the indian setting that's how parents protected their protected their children mm. um But in my heart, I was like, is this like, this is happening. And Mm -hmm. I um, like completely couldn't settle with that thought. And the next day morning I woke up, um, you know, the after party kind of thing was still in the living room. Um, And I sat there thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to this person. I don't know what he's like. I only saw his picture. At I can't even imagine. Um and I sat there kind of with this heavy feeling, you know. And my dad's sister was there. She um is celibate. She did not get married. She wanted to give herself to full-time ministry. Um she was sitting there with me and I said I kind of feel like I'm um being dealt with unjustly, you know. There's some injustice going on here. And she looked back straight into my eyes and she said even if your earthly father does injustice to you your heavenly father will never do injustice to you and so that kind of hit me like a you know wall of bricks I just had to turn to God and completely put my trust in him and I've done that you know many times before but not in in ways that would impact the rest of my life. You know, little things here and there, but this was a major thing. And I have to tell you, Candice, it's been 18 years, like I said, since we're married, he never does injustice to his children. There's a song that was written in the 1800s, the verse, one of the lines is, they who trust him wholly will find him wholly true. And that I have experienced every day. Uh, We got married, and three weeks after that, we were together here in the U.S., and it was like every day trying to learn this new person, (laughs) learn about him, um, you know, a complete stranger at that point. (laughs) Just like every day learning a little bit and, you know, first get married and then fall in love situation. (laughs) So, (laughs) but the Lord just gave me, And him too, you know, his story was mm, this common friend gave him a picture, but the picture was flipped on the other side. So he couldn't really see. So he took it in his hand and he didn't uh, flip it back to see the picture. He gave it back to him and said, I need to pray first. So um, the picture doesn't influence my decision. So he gave it back. Wow. And then he prayed and then asked for the picture. So he didn't want any physical things um, to be, you know, be the deciding factors in this major decision of his life. So we both wanted to honor the Lord. I wanted to obey and honor my parents, um, which most Indian girls would want to do. So that was my heart. And, um, And my husband too, you know, he could have, he was, Living here by himself. He was independent uh, at that time, but he also had a heart to honor the Lord. And I think um, I'm not saying that we didn't have issues or problems. We had to really learn um, about each other and, you know, just growing in that relationship um, Mm -hmm. one step at a time. But, you know, when we put God as the center of our lives, He will not let us down. They who trust yeah. him wholly will find them wholly true. And um, it's a testimony from both sides. And I think because we came into this with that kind of commitment and it wasn't based on the looks or what we have or didn't have or, you know, our backgrounds or none of that mattered. It just all that mattered was that, um, you know, we wanted to do what was God's will. And that's what, you know, my parents taught us too. Yes, we didn't see this person. Yes, we didn't talk to this person or didn't visit um, their home. I mean, I have a daughter now. And to just kind of think that, you know, I could do this, didn't talk to this person or didn't go visit their parents' home or none of it, and willing to give my daughter away to a person that I've never met or seen is just... um, it it's hard for me it's really hard for me to think that that way now but my parents they really wanted to do god's will and when they prayed it it was kind of like an innocent faith in the uh-huh. way um you know they were doing ministry that way and and so to their whole heart was to honor the lord and to do his will and that's what they taught us and that's what i, just, I teach my sons too
0: yeah i'm I I can't get over your will that kind of trust and blind faith is so inspiring. I mean we just in our western culture we can't even remotely understand um but you know it, it's it, every day in marriage it's a choice to trust God and keep moving forward. Whether you, I mean, we see so many marriages fall apart, even when they fall in love and do the whole, you know, romantic comedy type, you know, situation. But it's still, regardless of that, it's, it's got to be, God's got to be at the center in order for it to really work and glorify him. And that's what, that's what you found um, through all that, through all of those uh, challenges, so I know that God is going to really bless that in your church, and it already has um, in in your family. And just one more thing, um, we're going to be wrapping up here, but I wanted to ask you. I know that you had an when you found out you were pregnant, God kind of reconfirmed His faithfulness to you. Um, I think it's really cool that. The timing of that uh, before you plant the church. So can you just uh, give us a quick summary of what happened with that? Yeah. So I woke
1: up at four o'clock that morning, uh, the day I found out that I was pregnant. Um, I was kind of feeling it in my body a couple of days before that. And I was like, mm, this doesn't feel right. Like I remember this feeling, but you know, <laughs> this time around, it's like, it shouldn't be, I shouldn't be feeling um, this way. And I woke up at four o'clock and I took the pregnancy test and the words that came out of my mouth were my life is not going to be the same. And for the next three hours, Candace, I was just struggling with so many, a million questions. Like I, is my body ready for this? Um, mm. You know, I don't have time for this. I'm, we are eyeballs deep in planting this church. There's so much going on. I have two teenage boys. I just don't, where, where do I fit pregnancy in my life? It's just, this is not what I envisioned my life to be at this season. So I struggled for, I sobbed and sobbed that whole day. Um, it took for, for me to completely like accept it a few days and the Lord was drawing my heart like you've surrendered before, you know, for major things. And he was like, this is, this is another thing that Mm -hmm. I want you to surrender. And I was just like fighting it. You know, there was fear. There was, I was having identity crisis. I was just, I want to know, like, I, Lord, I want to know that this is going to work out, that this baby is going to be normal because I was in this age where they considered it high risk pregnancy, even though I was healthy and everything was going fine. They told me you're, you're high risk. And, um, I Googled and I found out that day there's a thing called geriatric pregnancy. And I was like, who comes up with what like is geriatric <laughs> pregnancy? <laughs> I was just feeling like, um, you know, there are people who are in my age, like a few years, five years over my age who are, already like having grandbabies, like, what is this? I shouldn't be going through this at this time. Mm. And the Lord was like, no, this is, this is my plan. This is what I have for you. And I had to just open my hands and give it to him, my fears, the identity crisis that I was feeling, and my need for control, you know, my need to know everything. I, I want you to show me this big grand picture, like Everything I want to know right now. Mm. And I have to let it go and be like, okay, God, I'm willing to hold your hand. I'm willing to take one step at a time and just trust where you're taking me. And Candace, Um this whole pregnancy was just like a dream. You know, the Lord led me so beautifully. The delivery was the easiest of the three. I did not take mm. any pain medication. The baby just came out like, I was just worshiping. I was literally having worship music and just focusing on the Lord and worshiping. And just in my mind, just seeing this precious gift that God was giving me. And it just happened so easily compared to the first uh, two deliveries and pregnancies. And when I had this baby in my hand, I was like, she was just so perfect. And I, For the first two weeks, I couldn't like stop worshiping God and just crying because his plans and his ways are so much higher than ours. We think we figured out we want our life to be a certain way. When I found out I was pregnant, it just threatened this picture of how I wanted my life to be. Even though I am a believer and I think I have already surrendered to God, there are things that the Lord brings out from our hearts that need to be surrendered in different seasons. It's amazing Mm. how, you know, you start realizing, oh, there is this part that I haven't surrendered. So it's been just so beautiful receiving this gift, even though I resisted it initially, the Lord, it's seeing another aspect of him, his nearness, his guidance, his, you know, holding my hand and walking me through this and how he just, his plans are just way higher. We can't even imagine. And it's been just beautiful.
0: I That's the most inspiring story and your faith. Uh, and, you know, we all, especially as women, struggle with wanting to control our circumstances and Even though you surrendered so many things, like you said, the Lord was like, well, there's one more thing and there may be another thing, right? But the fact that you just um, leaned in and trusted him and then he just made it so, um, then you could appreciate it so much. I love the fact that you were worshiping while you were in labor and delivery. That's just so, um, that's just incredible. So Sam, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your faith and your trust and your surrender. It's so, so encouraging and inspiring. Um, I know our listeners are going to really, um, really enjoy it. And so, um, just any last minute encouragement that you would give to our listeners today.
1: Mm -hmm. So in my experience, I have seen the Lord be so faithful, whether it's in my marriage or in my parenting, or in this new season of life, he is so faithful. Don't be afraid to give to him what um, you're trying to kind of cling on to and are afraid of. Just open your hands and release it to him. And he is faithful enough to fill your hands with more of himself. You know, when we believe that he is everything, we would, we are, will be willing to give him anything. He is truly our everything. He died on the cross. He gave his all for us. And he is faithful enough to undertake any need, any concern that's uh, weighing on your heart. So just open your hands and release it to him. He's
0: faithful. He is Amen. Truly- Amen. So beautiful. Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you so much for Sam and all that you have done in her life, Lord, and the way she has surrendered to you and trusted you. Lord, I just pray for this church plant that her and Venue are starting. I pray that you would empower them with your Holy Spirit to lead and love and just do all of the things that you would have them do with the congregation that you're going to bring. Lord, I pray that the word would go out, and that the people would hear, that they would be um, just curious to come and learn about you and see this beautiful couple that you have brought together to minister in your name, Lord, and we just lift it to you. Pray for just a huge blessing in it, that you would take them through the hard times as you already have and help them to just keep trusting you and surrendering. And may we all do that, Lord, with all of the things that we hold on to. May we hold them with open hands, as Sam said, to release them to you. And we thank you for this time in Jesus name. Amen. 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 If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please feel free to share it with others who might be interested. You can also give us feedback in the comments section, and we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about anything you heard today, or would like to suggest topics for us to cover in the future, message us on Instagram and Facebook at momq512. We'll see you back here in just a couple of weeks.